In a world with way too many podcasts comes Jeff Talion and this guy, the podcast to end all podcasts. With some pieced together recording equipment, a couple loosely informed topics, and a coin, these three friends set out to forever change the next hour of your life. Jeff Talion and this guy is solely for entertainment purposes. Just Eric and Morgan are not professional researchers, investigators, or gynecologists. Not suitable for children. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Jap Talion in the Sky. I am Joseph, the prophet of West Columbia and the biggest dick in the room. Whoa. <laughs> I'm Morgan. <laughs> I'm wondering when Joseph has ever seen my dick and I'm Eric. <laughs> no, he said he's the biggest dick. I know, but once he see my dick, you have to see my dick to know that he's the biggest dick. No, I'm the biggest dick. I'm. I don't. I didn't say I have the biggest dick. Oh, you are the biggest dick. Yeah. Yes. What a dick! Now that we cleared that up. <laughs> all right. So this is Jap telling this guy. This is uh, three friends. We get together. We research topics. Uh, we flip a coin, and then we discuss the topics and. You know, berate each other or whatever. Boom. Boom. Hell yeah, we do. Boom. Not gynecologists. Not yet. Or professional researchers. Not yet. Professional gynecological researchers. Research gynecology professionally. We may have fucked your mom, but prove it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, John Boy. (laughs) (laughs) You dick. (laughs) Okay. Well, what do we do now? Oh, the weeks. Hey, Eric. You shoot the shit. How was your week? Did you do anything interesting this week? Well, I got really resentful about 20 minutes ago when one of us showed up late. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. I showed up late. I wasn't late. I was on time. Wow. Oh, man. Not that one. I was on time. I got here precisely when I was supposed to. (laughs) See? You see what I'm talking about? I just wanted to bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help but bust people's balls. Let's see. This week, I don't know, man. Living life, having fun. Um, Nothing memorable pops out. Uh, I didn't do my little take notes thing this week. I don't know. Can I come back to me? Yeah, we'll come back to you. Uh, How about this guy over here, Morgan? Got all kinds of shit going on. The Morgaster. Morganism. Um... (laughs) One the organizational thing. The Morganism. Organizational. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you should do that when you interview people for your for your uh, place of business. Hey, uh, welcome to the Morganization. Um, <laughs> like every time you say organization, just say it Morganization, we're, but yeah, dead we're pain. very Morganized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How um, are your organizational skills? <laughs> One to ten. Lord of mercy. So, you know, Brandy moved the other week and she had this couch that she bought. She spent a good bit of money on it mm-hmm. and it kind of sucked for what you look for in a family couch, you know. But Joseph was in need of a couch. Yes. I'm no longer in need of a couch. And it was offered to you and you came and picked it up, right? You want it back? No. Oh. <laughs> No, but you brought cash with you when you came to pick it up. I did. Your son cash. Not did he the... steal something? <laughs> he didn't steal anything, did he? No, 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 no. Okay. What happened was Brandy was Brandy was like helping somehow. She was doing something, and I walked up and I slapped her. I like 
cocked back and fucking slapped the shit out of her ass. Yeah. And Cash about lost his fucking shit. He was like fucking <laughs> in the other room laughing his ass off almost, you know. He was falling over, like doubled over laughing. And I was like, holy shit, I have never seen Cash laugh like that. Yeah. Ever. I have never seen him laugh. He was like, I saw the wind up and everything. It was so funny. Like, shit, dude. Yeah, that was great, man. I love that. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't think I'm funny. He likes you, though. That's crazy that he likes me. Anyways, um, so her and I also had an anniversary recently this month and i put some pictures of us up on facebook and shit and there was this one from like early on when we started dating and she had a bunch of cleavage and one of her boobs was like almost hanging out and shit right yeah you know when you put stuff on facebook it it automatically like grabs the faces and is like who who do you want to tag here and it had one around her boob <laughs> <laughs> Like it's a baby's head or something. It's <laughs> the third person in the fucking photo. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> something really funny happened uh, during the move process, too. I was driving my truck, and I had my trailer on the truck, which has my business name and phone number on it. And if Joseph knows way better than Eric knows, I am not the friendliest driver on the road. <laughs> And I don't always drive the way other people think maybe I should be driving. Um, yes. So we're going through Lexington, and it goes from like a two-lane. Well, it goes from a four-lane to a two-lane, you know. So I have to merge over, and these motherfuckers are going like 35, and I want to be doing 60. So I haul ass up to the merging area, and I get over. And uh, then I get this fucking text, and I was going to read it, the other week, but we didn't record. The dude said, his text said, A Bo, <laughs> is this wood electric? And uh, I didn't respond because the way it was, it looked, he had like upside down question marks and asterisks and he spelled out A, A Y E, you know, yeah. A Bo. Aye. A Bo. <laughs> and, uh, and then I didn't respond because it looked like some computer aided, computer aided, computer aided. Computer aided, computer aided, computer aided, C computer generated thing. Computer aided. Yeah, yeah, let's just go with that. <laughs> computer aided organization. <laughs> so nice. then he sends another text just as I'm pulling up to Brandy's house, and he's like, You, uh, non-driving motherfucker good thing my grandpa don't want me to go back to prison because i'd have fucking clipped your non-driving ass and da 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 and i was like shit so i typed out this message that's like hey fuck you dude i don't want to go back to prison either but i will for you motherfucker you know and then i deleted it and then i typed out this other thing like hey well you know my number come find me or whatever you know next time you see me make sure you let me know it was you and I kept deleting them. <laughs> I kept deleting them. And then finally, I just sent a text that was like, oh, no, what's going on? Is the guy driving my truck causing problems on the road? Don't worry, I'll take care of it. <laughs> wow. And he just was like, OK, sorry about that, Hoss. You know, he just needs to be careful out there. <laughs> and I'm like, don't worry, I got this. <laughs> yeah, that guy's a fucking dick. <laughs> 
Oh, man. That's all I'm going to go over. <laughs> <laughs> Was that enough? Yeah. It's just probably the way it tapered off there. <laughs> now I kind of want to put my number on my car so that <laughs> I can have opportunities to do shit like that. Talk shit about myself in third person. It'd be a new way to beat myself <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's happened before when I used to have magnets. People would call and say, hey, man, there ain't no need to be driving like that. And i just hang up. <laughs> like, whoops, I didn't mean to answer that. <laughs> JoJo? Okay. Um, but it was, I heard that. It was... Uh, cigar burns. Every time one of us leaves our phones on, we line up for cigar burns. We, we all three get cigar burns. It's the only way we'll learn. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We go light up our cigars and start burning motherfuckers when they put their phone on the table. That's how we do things here. Uh, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just got a couple things this week, uh, this past week. Um, there was, uh, was it spring equinox, right? Oh, yeah. 21st. Or summer. 21st, yeah. Y'all get the cigars ready for burns. Apparently, he wants to tell everybody what the date is. Uh, yeah, I guess so, so. Drank some blood. Summer solstice. And then uh, got a pedicure. That's all I got going on. Pedicures are really fucking great. I don't know if either one of you guys have ever tried it. You've talked about it on an episode this before. This is fucking amazing. I don't like people touching my feet. But you need to grow up because you're missing out. I, don't, I doubt it. I don't want my feet to be softened up. I want them fucking rough and ready to kick somebody in the fucking mouth. Yeah, that's not what happens to them. They don't immediately become like, you know, warm butter. I don't want them soft. <laughs> so, you know, she just like scoured the dead skin off of my feet because my feet look like they have scales because there's like all this dead skin on them. It's really gross. <laughs> right now yeah right now yeah you want to see him nah i'm good okay <laughs> but it's like you soak them and they get soaked in warm water she's like putting weird oils and shit on them and like rubbing my leg and my feet and like this chair is like massaging my back it was fucking great dude i really enjoyed it that was like a father's day gift hell yeah yeah i enjoyed the shit out of that so that was me wow what you got something you want to add eric you want to add something eric so I started, I make up fake perverted songs. Like I, I do the Weird Al thing with songs oh, all cool. the time. Oh, yeah. And um, Annie joined in on one the other day. Oh, wow. Shit. Yeah, in the, like, the backup vocals. Do up, shooby do. Do up, shooby do. Um, <laughs> like a duo. It, it really, dude. I laughed really fucking hard because it was just unexpected. I'm trying to think of the real words to the song, but I can't think of them. But so the what I was singing was, uh, see, now I'm on. What song was it? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to uh, think of. You didn't have to suck me off. But I really appreciate the effort. You didn't have to stick your thumb in my butthole. Now your cooter is a hole that I used to fuck. My cooter. 
You know, <laughs> I know what song you're talking about. Yeah, I was singing. I didn't mean to fuck your butt. <laughs> I was trying to stick it in your fucking vagina. And then she like came in with the back vocals, my vagina. <laughs> like, and the shit had me laughing. And I was trying to convince her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just imagine Annie yeah. doing that. It fucking really got me. And sorry for my awful singing, but um, I wanted her. I was like, we could we could do that. We could like do a duo like Weird Al thing. Yeah, make up these songs. But because of her profession, like she told me this story about being in the break room, and she's like, my coworkers. Think about this, Eric. My coworkers were literally like talking about how taboo fucking the office was like one of them was watching an episode what? of the office it was talking about them making fun of this guy's race and oh my god and it was so risque and kids watch this and i was like oh, oh and she's man. like yeah when they're doing that i'm thinking man if they heard my husband's show <laughs> <laughs> so she's like i can't I can't involve myself with your comedy. Like she appreciates it. She dude, she lost her shit yesterday in the car. That's my favorite is her. And I wasn't even involved in the piece she was laughing at. It was the commercial from um, the last show we produced. Um, Oh, the uh, Shrink-A-Sack. The Shrink-A-Sack, dude. She was laughing her (laughs) fucking ass off at that shit. (laughs) Fucking sound effects. I shall call it shrink a sack. <laughs> um, yeah, it, that's like my favorite is hearing her laugh. Oh, that's you know, sweet. At our work that we've produced. Yeah. Anyways, that's my thing. That's Hell my yeah. week. Cool. Boom. Clap. Oh, call yeah. Me too. Cool. I clap. I get excited. It brings up the energy for me. There you go. Dude, I'm not editing this episode, so you bring a fucking Gatling gun in here. (laughs) (laughs) Gatling gun? (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Dolphin noises. A clapling gun. I did it again. I got to sit on my hands or something. I'm excited, man. I'm in a good mood. Okay. Uh, Well, what the fuck? Uh, How about we uh, do a coin flip? Between me and Eric, I guess. You call it, Eric. Okay. Heads. Coin. Well, it's fucking tails. Son of. A bitch. A bitch. You motherfucker. All right. So looks like Morgan won this one. Yeah. What you got going on, Morgan? Okay. More uh, prolapse stuff? It was. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Pedicures? You doing pedicures? Prolapsed pedicures. The benefits of a pedicure. Uh, no, um, we'll give you a pedicure with our prolapsed anuses. So it was, it was a while ago. I can't remember what fucking episode it was in. I like when Eric makes some nasty perverted joke and we just carry on as if he's not talking. (laughs) Just ignore him. Maybe he'll stop. It doesn't work. Uh, He won't. I won't. Um, it was like, Maybe towards the beginning of the year, I don't remember, but uh, Joseph had brought up the Killdozer in one of the episodes. And Killdozer, something about cash had brought it up to you or something, or yeah. watched videos on it or whatever. Yeah, it was when uh, when uh, my uncle Jay was here for the. Oh, um, is that when it was that, that atom bomb thing? Yeah, he. I think Jay brought up 
I don't know. Somebody brought it up, but yeah, he was here. I remember. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So it immediately went on my list after it was brought up, and um, I did. I, you know, the other week I was just like, "Yeah, I'll go ahead and do Killdozer." So I started researching it, and I watched some news clips. Well, I did way more research than I thought I was going to do on it, and uh, I'll uh, wait till after we come back. Oh, this is exciting! To it, yeah, the real scoop on Killdozer. Yeah, American hero. No, Killdozer, American hero. <laughs> There's a lot of people like Joseph on the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a break and we'll be back. Just kind of trailed off after cool. this. <laughs> Hi, I'm Morgan Wood. You might remember me from that middle school Christmas play, Hubbub Under the Tree, or the crazy podcast Japtalion and This Guy. Today, I want to talk about my growing business, Wood Electric. Wood Electric started out 12 years ago as a sole proprietorship, and today, we've moved into becoming an organization. A Morganization. That's right, there have been loads of Morgan employees applying for work. All work vehicles are clean and Morganized daily. Even our hours are changing where you can get us Morgan noon and night. And as a finishing touch, we've changed our slogan from getting you turned on to giving you a more gasmic experience. So call now 18-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah-blah
And oh, wow. um, yeah, it, it's a documentary. So they interview a bunch of people and stuff and they have footage. They play the tapes because he made cassette tapes as he was building the Killdozer. And then he put it in a fucking bag and sent it to his brother in uh, South Dakota. And his brother sent it to the FBI <laughs> after everything occurred. And uh, they had like his girlfriend, just a whole bunch of people on there. Um, Why does stuff like this always involve somebody out in like Minnesota yeah. or, you know, because yeah. those people fucking are Montana. still free. They're still free. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, more so, um, it, it seems to me, then I listened to this podcast and I've listened to this podcast, this particular show or episode, probably like four times now. And it's by Dan Cummins, and I want to I want to give him a shout out. Oh, Dan Cummins! Yeah, oh. the name of this particular podcast show that he has because he's got three of them. The name of this one is called Time Suck, and that's Dan Dan Cummins. Oh. <laughs> I bet he's never heard that joke before. Yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> hey, how's the weather up there? <laughs> bet you play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> dude i love making fun of people like their names as adults that you know people made fun of them when they're in grade school and then bring it back up to so they can relive their trauma <laughs> everybody wants to feel like a child again sometimes yeah i'm doing them a favor <laughs> i'm sorry if some of my research this is to dan cummins Sorry if some of my research sounds like some of your research, but it is. I have never heard you apologize for anything ever. Yeah. That was weird. He apologized to me on episode once, you liar. Yeah, you were right here. <laughs> for calling me fat. Yeah. He Remember that one episode? He's like, hey, Eric, you fatty, fat, fat fuck. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but you're fat. <laughs> Sorry. You fat, you sweaty fuck. <laughs> Don't you remember? God, I feel like I would have remembered that. Uh, let's see. Let me look. Let me kind of skim through some of this Wikipedia bullshit before I get into the real stuff. Uh, Mar His name was Marvin John Hemeyer. Uh, he was born in 1951 in Castlewood, South Dakota, which is a small town. See, this, this whole thing is kind of more than it's man versus government, you know? It seems to be more of outsider versus small town community. Okay. You know? Um, and so he's, he's from a small town in South Dakota. The population was 600. <laughs> that's a fucking small wow, town. That's a small town. No shit. So he joined the Air Force. He didn't do very good in school. His teachers, multiple teachers told him that he probably wouldn't amount to anything, wow. <laughs> which is like damaging in one sense. But in another sense, it's like one of those things where if everybody's saying it, the common denominator here is you. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> a thing teachers used to say. They, <laughs> what? No, the fuck out no of teacher here. would say that today. No, hell no, they wouldn't say no, that. They would lose their fucking job over that yeah. today. I kind of have a theory that... I did so well in school because people always told me how smart I was. And I also theorized that part of that is due to systemic racism 
Because when I was young, I went, I was like the one white kid in predominantly black schools. Mm -hmm. And education was built more towards Euro ethnic centered stuff than it was ever built towards African-American people. Yeah. Plus that is just part of the stigma of being a minority is that you're dumb, lazy, whatever. That's always attached to the minority. Jesus. You know, it doesn't matter who they are. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the minority is or what country it is. There's some negative thing like that attached to them. Yeah. He comes armed with a master's degree and a left-leaning liberal attitude. Eric is a social justice warrior. But yeah, I've kind of I've thought about that. Like, wow, I wonder if I'm really just had a lot of people boosting my ego about it. So I took more risk in doing stuff because I had more confidence in my intelligence. Because that's like one of the few things that I'm pretty confident about. Is that I'm a you know I'm a fairly you're smart a know-it-all dude. yeah yeah you're extremely you're intelligent yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah I, I know some stuff and I'm a pretty quick learner but yeah. how much of that was because I got that fostering when I was a kid and how much you know maybe this guy was sold short maybe he just learned a different way or maybe he just yeah. had a dumb look on his and face or probably what the fuck ever he could have had something that maybe we consider a learning disability that they just you know back in the 50s and 60s they just expect everybody is the same and learns at the same level if they're the same age well other 10 year olds are doing it why can't you you know and that's just not how people work and there wasn't enough science back then maybe you hit them with a belt that's how you if they're not learning if they're not learning yeah yeah, you just beat them you send them to the military which is what he did because he you know can catch bullets for us he finished so (laughs) when he finished school which was a very small school he finished in a class of 29 people he finished number 28 out of 29 you know so college wasn't really a thing for him right so he joined the military because that's that was the next best thing for him um other than working on the farm with his dad or whatever you know yeah so he joined the military, joined the Air Force, ended up in uh, Boulder, Colorado, and uh, decided to stay there. So let's see what Wikipedia says real quick in a quick synopsis. Um, John Hemeyer, born October 28, 1951 in South Dakota, lived in Grand Lake, Colorado. Um, according to a neighbor, Hemeyer moved to town more than 10 years before the incident. His friend stated that he had no relatives in Granby. He didn't. Uh, He just came from the Air Force. So Hemeyer's brother, Ken, stated that he would bend over backwards for anyone. However, many people described Hemeyer as an affable person, local resident. What's affable? Likeable, nice. Yeah. Friendly. Okay. Local resident Christy Baker claimed that her husband was threatened by (laughs) Hemeyer. Uh, after refusing to pay a disputed muffler repair. I mean, you know... That sounds all normal. Yeah, Yeah. this is normal people stuff, right? So um, so anyways, he lives in Boulder, Colorado. He immediately gets out of the... Well, not immediately, but after he gets out of the Air Force, then he immediately starts working at a muffler shop and learning that he's pretty good with welding and he's a quick learn on 
bending pipe and uh, putting mufflers together. And he gets he excels really quickly to by the time he's 28, he's already owned a shop and sold it. And he owns another shop in uh, Denver. And I mean, is making really good money. He starts like uh, renting the shop out to another guy that is just paying him basically a royalty, you know, for his shop. One of his favorite things to do in Colorado was snowmobiling. So that's what a lot of people in the documentary talked about is how good he was at snowmobiling. He actually, um, other than doing mufflers, he started producing these bumpers for snowmobiles so they could run straight through trees and shit like that. And, oh, cool. you know, they called it a, yeah, they, they had a name for it, like a, a Hemeyer bumper or something like that. I can't remember that they, they had a name for it though. Yeah. But, but everybody had one. If you didn't have one, then you weren't shit. And it's, you know, that kind of thing. It's beginning. <laughs> what, what is what? This is the beginning, right? Yeah. The, the bumper on the snowmobile yeah, of the murderous <laughs> rampage. He's like, the snowmobile is not going to cut it. <laughs> There's no I snow. Need, I need more. <laughs> yep. I cannot take out a building with a snowmobile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just good practice. Yeah. You idiots. <laughs> it's like Dr. Doom. <laughs> Reminds me of this really funny short bit on Family Guy where the, you know, the old pervy guy that likes oh, the yeah. young kids in town? Herbert. Uh, Eric. Herbert. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he's uh, he's chasing after Chris one day the young, with a middle kid. Come here, Christian. And, yeah, and his hat blows off, and he starts praying, oh, please, God, just give me one sniff. I just need one sniff of his hat. <laughs> and it comes to him, and he sniffs it, and then his eyes get real tight, and he goes, now I want Moa. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's an addict. Because he's an addict. That's what this reminds me of is he that guy makes this snowmobile that cuts down a tree and he's like, now I want more. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It seems like it, right? Yeah. So he um, kind of took time away from that store in uh, Denver. He's out snowmobiling in Grand County, which is where Granby is. And Granby is the town where the incident happened, where the killdozer rampage happened. And he's out snowmobiling pretty often, and he takes one of his friends with him. Uh, the guy's name is John Kleiner. And John Kleiner had an auto store in in uh, Boulder, I think, and they kind of shared customers. You know, his was Dr. John's Auto Care. So if somebody needed some muffler work, he'd send them over to Marv's place. So... Uh, they're going down there. They're fucking snowmobiling and running down trees and shit and, and small wildlife. And they, you know, he's like, hey, we should set up a shop here. I mean, we're here all the time. We should set up shop and fucking start making some money while we're here. At least we're good at what we do, blah, blah, blah. So they look and they found a piece of land that was up for auction. It had a building on it and everything. And um, he goes down. Marv goes down by himself to purchase the land. And it was, it was like, I think he ended up paying at the auction 42. Yes. God damn it. We're going to be covered in cigar burned fucking scabs. Son of a bitch. 
we're just it's this our, is our show now. This is this is <laughs> Oh, I thought you were answering. This is the guest for the next episode. Hey Bob, how's it going? Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought my phone was off because I thought the power ran out on it. Uh, so anyways, Marv um, Marv and John John didn't come. Marv went down to the auction. He bought this land. He ended up paying forty two thousand dollars for this land. And uh, he asked, apparently, beforehand if the previous owner was trying to buy it back or anything. And they're like, no, it's just up for auction. Well, that wasn't true. The previous owner was trying to buy it back. And his name is Cody Doshef. And Cody... Doshef. Cody wanted to build a... um, He had sold it before, I think. And he sold it to his friend. His friend was Gus Harris. And, uh, that, you know, I don't know if Gus couldn't pay it or whatever, but Gus came down with Cody to try and help him buy it back or whatever. Yeah. And I think Gus owned some of the land right around this piece of property too. So they got outbid. They bid 38,000 and he got it for 42,000. Marv Haymeyer got it for 42,000. So right after the auction, Cody comes like, backstage or down the hall or whatever and introduces himself to Marv by cussing him up and down and you sorry motherfucker that's my fucking property and you're stealing it from me and shit and oh wow it wasn't his property you know it may have been at one time but it wasn't his property now right and uh, Marv's like hey man like you can get it if you give me $66,000 you can get it because I got another friend that's buying it from me for $42,000 and we're going to build a shop and stuff. And he's like, I can't give you, you know, obviously I was stopped at 38,000. I can't fucking buy it for 66. And he's like, well, this is business, bro. Yeah. You know, cause it is business, right? It ain't personal. It's not personal, but yeah, I kind of hate that people always say that he took it personal. Yeah. Well, business is personal. That's a good point. Business is personal. I take my business personally. Yeah. If your business goes out of business, does that affect you personally? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll say I had That's a guy. That's just my personal, your personal. thing oh, with God. people saying that. It's That's a way of saying business. quit whining. I'm taking what you got. I'm taking what you got. Yeah. It's not because yes. I don't like you. It's just business. <laughs> right. It's not because I don't like you, but have fun starving with your family. I just don't like your prices. Yeah. I had this guy. <laughs> I had this guy, I bid a I bid a house for him and I had done all of his fucking electrical work and he got this two-story remodel in like the historic area here in Columbia down in Shandon and it was like, you know, go in and rewire and I gave him a price. I always do the price. His wife, you know, is like saying, "Oh, can't wait to get you out here." Da da da. And then I never heard anything and I talked to the contractor and he's like, "Oh yeah, they got so and so electric to come and do it cuz your price was here and their price was there and you can't really argue that kind of difference." And I was like, "Okay, hadn't heard from him in like 2 years. He texted me last week." And was like, hey, do you have a ladder that can get to a two-story ceiling? And I was just like, yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it was business, and I get it. You can't argue a $5,000 difference in a job, but yeah, fuck off. Go get them to do it. They don't. <laughs> you telling me they don't have a fucking ladder? Fuck yeah. them. Fuck you. Fuck well, everybody. Maybe that was part of the cost that they didn't want to pay, is that you're a smaller business a more personable guy that could come out and handle little things like that yeah like a handyman 
Wow. Shit got awkward. All of our resentments <laughs> just got brought up. <laughs> Maybe they should call a handyman. <laughs> so um, so Marv kept the land, and uh, he called up his buddy John, and he's like, hey, I, I was able to get it, 42000 you know, and they told me after I purchased the land that there was some kind of EPA audit on it where there was once an oil spill that was pretty bad. They cleaned it up. Everything's good to go or whatever. And John's like, cool. All right, ready to go when you are. And then a week later, John called him up and was like, you know, I'm really concerned about that oil spill. I don't want to go in on the land with you anymore. So fucking Marv's pissed. You know, he just put $42,000 into this fucking thing. And Cody doesn't want to buy it for the amount of money that Marv wants for it. So right. he's just sitting on this land now and he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I got that place in Denver. It's making a shit ton of money. I'm out here snowmobiling and um, whatever. I'll just, you know, I'll sit on it for a little bit. And I think they said the land was uh, appraised at over a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, wow. You know, so he could have gotten some for it. And uh, one day he was just like, fuck it. I'm going to build a shop. So he goes out and he starts clearing the land and he starts like cleaning up everything. And a guy, Bud Wilson, he was the superintendent of the Granby Water District. He comes out and he's like, hey, you need to hook up to the city sewer. Um, something about their septic tank. And Marv's like, yeah, I think the septic tank here is actually like an old cement truck bucket, whatever, like the mixer for a fucking <laughs> cement truck that was just dumping shit and piss into oh, it. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, well, you know, they said it's probably a good idea that you do that. We're having a meeting, you know, for the um, city water district. You may want to come to the meeting. So at the meeting, they said that anybody, if any of his neighbors ever tie into that city sewer, then it's going to activate the sewer line for that area. And all the businesses are going to be required to tie into it. And that was just the thing. He's like, you'll pay a small fee. You know, you'll have to have an easement for the maintenance and stuff. Right. And um, that's all normal stuff. Right. Exactly. That's completely normal stuff for commercial and industrial areas. Right. Uh, He didn't have the land for the easement because his shit, the way it was, the way the sewer line was run, there were businesses blocking. There was one business blocking. I think it was an excavating business that Gus, uh, Gus, what's his face? Harris owned. And then he also had like a two acre piece of land in front of Marv's shop and the sewer line ran right around there. Right. So he offered Marv that two acres for $17,000, I think, seventeen five. And uh, Marv was like, I really want it, but I'm going to have to get the shop up and running first, you know. Right. Meanwhile, Gus is pissed. He's like, oh, you don't want it? Yeah, fuck you then. And he like refused to sell it. I think he went up on the price first, you know. <laughs> what an asshole. He went up to twenty thousand, which isn't yeah. a huge climb right. for what he could have done. But uh and then he just Marv's like, Okay, great, twenty thousand. He drew up contracts and sent it and never heard back. And anyways, the guy ended up selling that land to Cody Doshev, the guy who Marv bought that land out from under the other land, you know. Yeah. Okay. So Cody wants to build a cement shop because that's what he had there before. He wants to build his cement shop and have like an indoor batch plant and shit. 
And, you know, Marv tries to get people on board. Hey, this is going to be a bunch of dust. And, you know, I got customers with vehicles over here, whatever, and tries to get some of the neighbors on board. And the neighbors are like, nah, we're good. We don't want any part of your bullshit. The thing is, Marv is an out-of-towner. And a lot of these people, what Wikipedia says about the town of Granby is that a lot of the residents there are ancestors to original pioneers that settled the land, you know? Yeah. Um, So they've been there a while. Their families have definitely been there. And it's a, it's a thing. If you go to a small town and you fucking, you know, people know your grandfather and and those people that knew your grandfather, remember your great grandfather and how he whatever opened the mom and pop shop down there. Yeah. Yeah. All that shit makes a difference to these small town folks. And uh, and here comes, I don't know if they looked at him like he was a city slicker because he was coming from Denver at the time, but yeah. they didn't know he grew up in fucking Castlewood, South Dakota. Right, um, city slicker. Yeah. He's coming up in here, you old shitty slicker. <laughs> well, plus the guy that he pissed off inadvertently, that was one of the, the small town guys, right? Yeah, yeah. So... He talks to his friends, I'm sure. So oh, everybody yeah. probably was just like, hey, don't fuck with this guy. Yep. You know, even if they didn't particularly not like him, just loyalty to their friend would have just steered them clear of him. Right. Exactly. Somebody that they've known since high school or something. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck their sister. This guy <laughs> fucked my sister. And now I can't get his face out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> oh, oh! We got a lot of we. If people who are listening, if you're still listening, um, we have a lot of references to past stuff. So if we start giggling about something and you're unsure, listen to our older episodes. <laughs> so Marv gets his muffler shop built. Gets it up and running. He says, fuck it. I don't, I'm not required right now to do it. So fuck it. I'm not going to do it. And then one of his neighbors ties into the city sewer. Yeah. Uh, Marv's looking for a way to make some extra money. So on the same land that he owns, he builds over to the side this boat storage place. Yeah. He's like, you know, people are trying to go to Grand Lake. They don't fucking, you know, they're driving around Granby looking for somewhere to park their boats and there's nowhere. So he's like, perfect. Eventually, this will be the place where he builds the killdozer. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So he gets the muffler shop. They end up, somebody ties in, activates the city sewer in the area. So then he's required to have an easement that he can't have. I think all of that originally before Cody Doshef bought that two acres next to him, it would have cost him like $100,000 to do. Oh, wow. Yeah, because he would have had to get a lift station put in yeah you know to pump the shit and he would have had to have like a hundred foot excavation and uh pipe and tying in and you know the utilities charge out the ass for hookups like that you know they just do yeah and uh so it would have come up to about a hundred thousand dollars still not uncommon for commercial and industrial properties you know it's just an, an expense anyways so the problem with him not tying in is that every day he's not tied into it, he has a $100 a day fine. fine. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. So is this dude, he's, is this guy also kind of an outsider in that he doesn't want 
to be a part of any of these services he and doesn't stuff, you know some or... of the stuff he does reminds me of one of my brothers where he just fucking like so he's living in granby and all of a sudden they want to legalize gambling right so he's like no nah, legalized gambling leads to more alcohol more crime you know just all kinds of stuff that it does but he's making a big stink about it. He writes this letter to the editor. The editor fucking publishes his letter and shit. And, uh, and he thinks that the editor is trying to make fun of him or something. And he fucking loses his shit. He prints his own fucking tabloid editorial that's like three pages. And goes and starts handing it out to people in the streets and stuff. And they're like grabbing it from him and throwing it directly in the trash. Because... What the fuck? Who are you? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so he's got a chip on his shoulder. Right. But for no reason. For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. The, shit, the gambling shit doesn't affect him. Right. He just wants to fucking make a fuss. Yeah. You know, for no fucking reason. Anyways, so that's kind of the thing. Whenever he had to write a check for his fine, he fucking wrote it in the memo section for the cowards in Granby. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and they sent it back and they were like, hey, this check's wrong. You're going to have to rewrite it. <laughs> and, wow. Yeah. Who, um, who would have guessed? <laughs> murder machine. <laughs> so uh, eventually he um, he ends up trying to sell the property to Cody Doshef eventually for, I think at first it was like uh, $175,000 or $150,000, something like that. And then he went up to $275,000 and, you know, they have different stories in the tapes. Marv is saying that he was, uh, he was, uh, stonewalled and he was cut off and the dough chefs quit talking to him. But then dough chef's wife says that that's not what happened. We were, you know, we were ready to make the deal and stuff. So, his tapes outline all these grievances. Oh, yeah. The tapes he sent yeah. to his brother. Yeah. Oh, wow. So there's really like a, it, an like, inside to his crazy thinking the, and all yeah. of this. The this whole thing. Manifesto. This whole thing. Like, he starts it off by saying this is like his mission from God. It just, you know, one day he's there in his hot tub drinking a beer and just immediately it clicks like God is telling him to build this thing. And run the city God. over. Wow. And so what he does is he ends up selling his muffler shop to the sanitation department, right? For four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars, something like that. He he sells it to them. He goes to oh, fuck, I can't remember. It was somewhere in California, and he buys this fucking bulldozer, and this thing is already massive. It's already a massive fucking dozer. Um, he brings it back and puts a for sale sign on it. And his logic to putting a for sale sign on it is that if nobody buys it, then it's meant for me to do this. <laughs> I can totally understand that logic. Hey, if you've, if you've read the Bible, it's not it's kind of on brand, <laughs> you know. Guy, like, God wants this guy to take out a village yep. because they're down with the morality and shit. So it's not far off from Old Testament. So yeah, if Dan, God doesn't want this to happen, God will remove the bulldozer from my life. Right. <laughs> oh, God. So Joseph's still on the American hero 
kick. <laughs> yeah, I can see why people would brand this dude as an American hero. Yeah, well, they're branding it man versus government kind right. of thing. Like when he's getting fucked. Like, yeah, no, no. Go ahead. It's more like mental illness versus. It is. Or even like you said, in, inside group versus outsider. But the guy doesn't realize how his actions are making him more of an outsider. I'm sure they treated him like an outsider, but it seems like he's seeing ghosts where there are or threats where there are no threats or insults where there are no insults. Right. And people who act like that in a combative manner get pushed further away. Do that in in essence that explains my mom's mental illness is she sees insults and threats where there are none yeah. and treats you accordingly. But you never meant to insult her. So you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And no other rational person would see this as an insult. So it kind of sounds like a little bit of that's going on with this dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Um, I mean the whole thing with him and the newspaper editor, like the newspaper editor printed his, if anything, <laughs> nothing legally, you know, obligated him to print the fucking letter. He right. did it because the guy sent in a letter and he was like, oh, cool. Well, let me let the public know what this guy thinks, you know? Right. And then uh, to kind of smooth things over, the editor even said he would print an article about the muffler shop once it opened. And he kept going up there to meet with Marv and Marv was all fucking snowmobiling and shit, you know? <laughs> so he, he never got the fucking article printed and Marv took that as an attack. Yeah, you, you know, gotta like, work you on your lied PR. about you lied about printing an article about the muffler shop, you know. So then he gave him a whole fr- <laughs> yeah, it's mental illness. Then he gave him a whole free ad, like a free ad in the newspaper for the muffler shop. He just gave it to him. He's like, you know what? Here, I'll give this to you, man. And Marv's like, no, you hate me. <laughs> You're trying to destroy my business. <laughs> oh wow, <laughs> free advertising. Yeah. The guy was fucking. He was mentally ill. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they were trying to reach out to him. That's. That's awful. Yeah. 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 And he had unhealthy cognitive thinking. Or, he he yeah. said in his tapes that, you know, this is the reason God always allowed him to be successful because he had had a few successful businesses, right? you know, between muffler shops and there was another one in Denver that he had. He says God allowed him to be successful so that he could buy this bulldozer and he put the for sale sign on it and nobody fucking bought it, of course. So when he sold the land to the sanitation department, he said, the only thing is, I want the boat storage. And he said, I need it because I need to build my killdozer in there. You guys didn't hear that, did you? <laughs> I'm not building anything. Yeah, they were like, excuse me? <laughs> we well, you know this kind of started off as a success story because he yeah. did have early successes, even though he wasn't very successful in school. And he had some teachers let him know, like, you're probably not going to mount to much. He did. He took what he was good at yeah. and he became successful at it, which is supposedly the American dream. <laughs> then he just got a little tied up with death. Also <laughs> the American dream. Yeah. 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 I mean, dude, yeah, we're we the most crazy warring shit, nation man. on the face of the earth. Oh, okay. All right. We will totally build a killdozer at the drop of a hat and <laughs> put it on the internet and talk about how great it is. Yeah. Go run a town over with it while we drop <laughs> pamphlets on the town, letting them know we're liberating them. <laughs> You're free. <laughs> Damn. Um, it's a hell of a way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> we just our show just got shut down. <laughs> so he um 
so Marv uh, got his dozer set up in this boat storage, and to take away from the sound of building this fucking thing, he would sleep during the day and work on it at night when the sanitation people were at home sleeping and stuff. So he'd be in there at all hours of the night fucking uh, welding. He would weld two-inch thick steel and make like a box around it, and he would fill that box with cement. Wow. This thing was fucking indestructible. They were, when when the rampage happened, they were hitting it with like 50 cal, and it wasn't even fucking touching it. Wow. They were dropping grenades in it. It wasn't fucking... Oh, man, his yeah. ears must have been fucked. <laughs> God, he might have gotten a concussion just from the, you know, being yeah. locked in that box and the air being moved around his head. It's fucking crazy. They said that, um, God, I don't want to get too much into all that <laughs> yet. But uh, so anyways, he built this thing and one day he just this they had the i think they played the phone call the 911 call from the sanitation lady that like distributed the trucks or uh whatever got the trucks out and stuff and she's like um we got a thing going on here and this bulldozer just came out of this building he just fucking ran right through the boat storage building like just bulldozed his own building <laughs> you know yeah. came out and went straight over to Dose Chef's concrete plant and just started fucking taking walls out. And uh and they're like they're like grabbing guns, you know, because this is this is like country life out there in Colorado. Yeah. So they're grabbing up guns and they're shooting at this fucking thing and nothing, you know, yeah. absolutely nothing. He fucking starts running over towards them. He's got a 50 cal inside it, and he he uh <laughs> he built he built these little tiny portals for the barrel to go through. So he never hit anyone because he couldn't shit. fucking aim it. Yeah. But he was shooting right at him. I mean, they they said they were like, man, this shit was whizzing over my head and stuff. You could hear the bullets. You know, Wow. that shit's got to be scary as fuck. Um, there was one time where there were state troopers behind some of those uh, concrete barricades and they were just he just fucking runs over there and runs over the barricades and people are fucking scattering like, <laughs> like cockroaches Auto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah holy shit he tears down that building he goes over to uh <laughs> to fucking the harris's excavating company tears down their building they try they try to get an earth mover over there to fucking battle he just fucking runs that <laughs> thing over <laughs> Then they had a scraper, you know, the things they use to scrape dirt roads and shit. Yeah. They had one of those. He just pushes that motherfucker on out the way and goes through town, man. And uh, so the police department acted proactively and they did a reverse 911 call to the businesses in the area. And they were like, hey, you need to get everyone inside. And then he goes to town hall and fucking starts, you know, whenever he's coming to town hall. They were like, oh, shit, reverse 911 call again. Get everyone out, you know, like fucking evacuate the town. So uh, he runs down the fucking city hall. He, I think, ran down like the newspaper place. He fucking ran down a few small businesses. And the one that got him was, uh, it was a fucking hardware store. And I can't remember the name of it now. But he ran through the hardware store and didn't realize that it, his by this time his radiator had started leaking too. There was shit all in the road and stuff, but his uh, 
his tracks got stuck. He didn't know that they had a basement oh. at the hardware store. So it when he ran through the walls, it fell down. Half oh, of shit. it fell down into the basement, and he couldn't fucking move from there. So he just fucking sat there, and they said that they heard uh they heard a gunshot come from inside the tank. They still couldn't get in. They got a SWAT team over there and set up explosives and could not fucking <laughs> couldn't budge the motherfucker at all. Wow. Yeah, three three um bombs they tried to set off to small explosives to open it up and they they couldn't get in. Eventually they got an acetylene torch and cut the steel uh hatch. Because he had welded himself in the motherfucker, you know? Wow. So they ended up having to get a torch and cut the fucking hatch open to get to him. And there he was with the fucking, you know, dead. And they showed a picture of him. That's kind of disturbing. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't bad. He was just hunched over and shit. But um, in his tape, his tapes are kind of, they sound like the crazy ramblings of a fucking mentally ill person yeah. to me. And like, this I don't know how, if y'all have ever like uh, watched any documentaries on um, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. I haven't, no, but um, I want this to. reminds me a lot of that. I mean, he was out, I think, in Montana, and he literally went. And this is a very well educated person. I yeah, he, he taught. In he was a college, college professor. A yeah. yeah, he went and. Um, moved out there because he didn't want anything to do with anybody. And he was like living in this little fucking shack in the middle of goddamn nowhere. They said he used to go when planes would fly over. He was so adverse to society and technology. He did not like technology at all that when planes would fly over his land, he'd go out there with a gun and just start shooting at whatever was flying over his property. Wow. That's how fucking leave me the fuck alone he was <laughs> wow but yeah just gone i mean just as far as mental health wise this guy was gone yeah he was gone that's how i feel like that's how i feel like hemeyer was i mean i i think the guy had enough sense to build his businesses obviously and make some really good business decisions but all of this shit coming at him from the town of Granby, he just constantly felt like he was being attacked. And they're like just making him try to go by the same thing everybody else is going by, you know. But he feels like probably because his first real introduction was with Cody Doshev at that auction. And Cody Doshev cussed him fucking up and down. So he and he knows that this guy is from here. He grew up here. And he knows everybody here, so everybody must be on his side. So everything they do to me is because of him. And, you know, right. You know, what else is kind of weird or interesting to me about this and other things is that mental illness, and we don't know. We, I don't know if the guy was diagnosed, and we obviously can't. Right. But being someone who has some education in the field of mental health and things like that, he obviously had some non-helpful thought patterns and behaviors going on. But I do know that certain like um, schizophrenia often has religious bent to it. Like mental illness seems to inherently have this at least portion of people that tie in God or demons or something like this guy thought he was on a righteous path to destroy the city. Obviously it wasn't that. I mean, maybe, but it seems like obviously it wasn't that, right? I mean, 
<laughs> Maybe it was all just so we could do this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Marv. <laughs> God had a plan. It's just it's it's weird to me that that stuff usually like people that have mental illnesses like cling on to some of that stuff. You know, people hallucinate demons and angels who have schizophrenia. Yeah. Think God's talking to them. It's, yeah. It's weird to me. While he's sitting in his hot tub drinking a beer. Fucking Dan Cummins had this joke where he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, God just came down and was like, Marv, you need to avenge yourself and buy a bulldozer in California and come back and bulldoze this whole town because of a dispute with the town zoning commission. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. just not a thing. Yeah, you know? when you lay it out, it's completely insane. Yeah. But to that guy, it made perfect sense. Right. You don't do that shit unless he he was committed. You don't yeah. weld yourself into a death machine that you've built. He was his unless dad, you're committed to your cause. His dad died in March of it was 2004 when it happened. It happened, I think they said June 5th in 2004, and his dad had just died a couple months before, and he he went to the uh, went to the funeral in South Dakota, and he had already knew, he had already known then. The five hundred thousand dollars he got from selling his land and stuff, he had funneled it to his dad so that it could be distributed throughout his family. So goddamn, he this dude had like a five year death plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, you know. So, but that's that's, that's the topic, sad, that's, man. Because he th- think of all the creativity and the ingenuity it took to do that. Oh shit. And had it been directed in like a useful manner, yeah, what that got a job at the army or something, something just the killdozer itself could have just been an attraction, and you know, they shit with it, they fucking they took that thing apart piece by piece and and they disposed of it separately. They didn't want people getting parts of it and having like souvenirs or memorabilia of it. They, they, yeah, they scrapped and burned and they got rid of that thing, yeah, yeah. Oh, kind of like they did with the Twin Towers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's fucking dangerous to any government, man. Someone who can build something like that that's almost unstoppable by all of their forces and is it was. dangerous yeah. for citizens to have. Yeah, the, the uh, system doesn't like that kind of shit. No, yeah. it doesn't. The system is par- part of any system is designed to keep the system in place. Even biologically, yeah, it, a, a, a system that's made to endure. Part of that system is self-protection, self-preservation, healing, looking for threats, and that's true for governments too. Yeah. And mm. avoiding the creation of killdozers, right? <laughs> well, that's a threat. Yeah. That was a major fucking. Think if he wasn't stopped by that basement, how much more damage he could have caused. Before they would have, I don't know, had to call in the fucking fighter jets and That's just right. fucking blow his ass yeah. up. What if you get like 10,000 citizens all getting together, building their own kill variations dozers. of killdozers oh, or like planes or whatever? That's right. You know? Yeah, not we are not planning this, okay? <laughs> We're just speculating. Want to have a fun podcast? <laughs> well, that's the topic. That's what I got. Dude, that was wonderful. that's great, man. Yeah, cool. Well researched, good, good. Um, I didn't have to read that much. I was glad about that. I retained a lot of the information. Oh yes, hi, hello. Uh, 
I did the editing on this episode, and if uh, you feel like there wasn't enough sound effects, then um, japtalian13 at gmail.com. I definitely want to go rewatch the Kildos or YouTubes. Yeah, you I want should to watch, watch Tread. tra- or Treads, yeah, not Treads. Yeah. Treads, yeah. Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. God damn it! I have to re-get my Netflix. We you shut, don't have Netflix. We shut it down. We do this thing where we shut certain parts of our media down for a little bit because oh yeah, it'll you can't be do there them all at once. That's right? Smart. Yeah. So we'll just save money damn. for a couple months. Then we'll get Netflix and we'll shut Amazon down for a little bit. Yeah, you know, I don't watch Netflix in months. Can you get your wife to start fucking taking care of my finances? (laughs) (laughs) Smart with that shit. Hey, I came up with that idea. Come on now. So can you get Annie to... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That was a great idea, Annie. (laughs) Dude, I... (laughs) So Bob's coming next week. Yeah. Bob was um we we met in a fellowship that's secretive by nature. <laughs> and, uh, he was giving me my chip and he got up there and talked about how great Annie was as a joke, <laughs> which now is funny, but back then I wanted the praise because I looked at him as like a father figure. I was oh. so fucking pissed. <laughs> and um I went to him about it, and he truly did not get it because he that's not what he, you know, he wasn't trying to yeah. hurt my feelings. He just thought it was funny because Annie's <laughs> great, and everyone knows it. Right. Annie's disturbed by how great people think she is because she's like, if they knew what went on in my head, but that's everybody. <laughs> that's everybody. That's everybody. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm really not that nice. Her secret is she's fucking quiet. And mm. you know, she yeah. when she doesn't like something, she doesn't feel the need to fucking tell everybody about it, which is what makes a good personality. She just yeah. goes and murders some cats from the neighborhood. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe what maybe Kittens. that's what that room under the house is for. <laughs> we did have our our uh, nephew convinced that there were dead people in that basement. Oh, yeah. It was a it was a it was a But joke. he was a kid, right? But yeah, <laughs> kids in that stage of development oh, take things concretely like yeah. they don't when know about it comes about. from an adult. Yeah, so he was afraid of the basement. Oh. Annie. <laughs> no, that was totally me. <laughs> Another one of Eric's fine ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not like Annie's idea about the media stuff. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm good. All right. Cool. Well, that was a good topic. All right. So have a good evening. Or a good morning. Or a good fuck fest, you <laughs> sluts. <laughs> <laughs>